Hi, folks. This is Mike Callahan again, and a big shout out to Jeff Devereaux with No Veteran Left Behind. Jeff has introduced me to uh, today's guest for the, the, the virtual studio. His name is Jonathan Hyde, and Jonathan's been doing a lot of work helping veterans uh, and, and helping with their living uh, situation and all. So I was really excited when, when Jeff called, called me and said, let's, uh, let's get Jonathan on the on the podcast. So I'll shut up. Uh, maybe Jonathan, you could tell us a little bit uh, uh, about yourself and what uh, what you think the audience might be interested in hearing. All right, sir. So my name is Jonathan Hyde. Um, I grew up on the east side of Detroit. Um, been in Detroit my whole entire life, um, besides military. Um, I just hit 20 years and between National Guard and active duty in the army. I spent a little time overseas. I did Afghanistan, um, been to Liberia, been to Ukraine. Um, Ukraine and Liberia were very, very short, um, like humanitarian missions. Um, also just got, act uh, I was activated earlier this year for the whole COVID. Um, now on the outside world, um, my family really didn't have much money when I was growing up. We were in a middle-class um, neighborhood until Chrysler, Ford, and GM laid off a whole bunch of people in my neighborhood, and my neighborhood went dramatically south. Um, I was one of the lucky ones to get out of, to actually grow up and not have a prison record, but... I did do a lot of stupid things when I was younger. I actually got sent to a four-year military high school out of state in, this, in Indiana. It is called Howe Military School. Um, I straightened up a lot there, and I started to realize um, what is going on in the city of Detroit. Uh, why is so many people in trouble? like in the city, like far as getting a criminal record or ending up dead or just a whole slew of different array of things. Um, whether it's not having that much income. And I, I really started asking myself this question. So during that time, that's when I decided I was gonna go active duty army for four years, um, just because I felt that I wasn't strong enough to how to say, push away bad things that I was involved in earlier in my life. Um, a lot of my friends that I grew up with, a lot of my boys that I grew up with ended up six feet under or in prison. I would say probably 80 to 90% of my friends that I grew up with um, ended up dead or behind bars at some point in time in their life. Um, so like I said, I was very lucky that I got sent away to the military high school. I think that's what actually saved me and actually got the spark going in my head. Um, throughout the years, I've acquired a associate's degree in computer drafting design. I also have three trade schools underneath my belt. Um, one is carpentry through the Carpenters Union, one is HVAC, and one is electrician. Um, through that, I actually started my own company, two companies, as a matter of fact. One is a construction company, and one is a property management company. 
My wife also is a veteran. She's from California. She's a first generation American. She was the first one born here. Um, her family is from South America and she has a nonprofit. Now with the three, the two for-profit companies and the nonprofit company, we're using them in conjunction with each other. And we're actually rehabbing a neighborhood in the city of Detroit one block at a time. Uh, we're taking houses that were abandoned, that were owned by the Detroit Land Bank. We're fixing them up. And then we are going to be housing homeless female veterans. Um, we also started a block group in our neighborhood. We also got the crime to go down tremendously in our neighborhood. Um, we also got the street repaid. We got trees planted. And every single week, we actually hand out food to the neighborhood. And we actually, about once a month, we hand out furniture to veterans in need. Um, and the reason why I do this and my wife does this is because we've been very fortunate and very lucky um, compared to a lot of people that we know. Um, and we're trying to change the outcome of the next generation coming up because unfortunately, a lot of times people are not evil at heart. They're just given a really bad situation and they're trying to make the best choices that they can. And when they make those choices, um, sometimes they're not the best choices because they're in a bad situation. Um, so we're trying to give people a better situation so they can make better choices and also educate people so they can make better choices. Um, perfect example is for a long time, I didn't even know how a credit report worked, how credit score works. Like people told me all different types of things like, hey, if you pay your credit card on time, your credit score will improve. Well, if you have a high balance on your credit line, yes, you may be making payments, but your credit score is not going to improve unless you pay down that balance. Just a lot of things that were not taught to us in the educational system. Um, we're trying to teach the people in our community. Um, another thing was for a long time, I didn't even know what a warranty deed for a house was. I knew what a quick deed was because everybody, not everybody, but there's a lot of people in Detroit that have quick deeds on their houses. But a quick deed, all that does is basically you have an unknown interest in that house. It doesn't mean that you actually own that complete house. So let's say if Wayne County had got a house and they sold it to you on a quick deed, that means you only own interest in what Wayne County had in that house. That doesn't mean you actually own the whole house. And a lot of people don't know that. Um, there's just a lot of different aspects on what we are trying to teach people in order to help people move forward. Um, another thing is like the stock market. A lot of people don't understand how the stock market works um, or let alone that you can actually receive dividends um, by owning stocks. Like a perfect example is Warren Buffett owns stock in Coca-Cola. 
he actually receives more dividends from Coca-Cola in a year than the CEO of Coca-Cola makes in a year. So a person that is invested in Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola is paying him more money for the use of his money than the person actually running the company. And that when I heard that, that was like mind blowing to me. Like, wait a second, my, my money can work for me versus me continuously working for my money because a lot of people are in the mindset of, hey, I got to get up. I got to go do my job so I can pay my bills and they get stuck in the cycle. So if they don't go to work, they don't receive any money. And then guess what? They can't pay their bills. They can't survive. Why not get in the mindset of, hey, I need $300 to survive this month. I made 500. Why don't I take my extra 200 and make that actually work for me? Put it in something like buying a house to rent out or putting in the stock market where they're paying me dividends. Who cares if Coca-Cola is worth $5 today and $10 tomorrow and the next day is worth $2? As long as they're paying you that dividend, who really cares um, what the cost is unless you're going to go sell that stock? So changing that mindset of let's make the money work for you versus you working for the money and educating people on how bills work and how credit reports work and things of that nature. So that is part of our mission that we are doing in our neighborhoods in Detroit. And also we're trying to involve a lot more youth in actually getting into the skilled trades. Like I said, I'm part of the Carpenters Union. And over the last 10 years, I've got at least 80 people into the Carpenters Union. A lot of the people that I got into the union never knew that they can get a job paying $32 an hour plus benefits. They thought, you know, like, really? So, and then after eight hours, you're getting overtime, Sundays are double time, and your benefits are on top of what your actual paycheck is. You're not paying for your health care. You have a pension that's getting put away for things of that nature. Now, nothing is ever perfect, but being in that situation of being a union carpenter is a lot better than working for McDonald's or Wendy's or something like that. And guess what? At the end of the day, when I got laid off from a job, I had the skill set where I can go fix Mrs. Smith's porch and she would give me cash for it, you know, because I had that skill set where I can, not everybody has, or someone needs a garage fixed or whatever the case may be. Sure. I had a skill set where I can make money if I needed to. So I started using that in order to buy houses, fix them up and basically start collecting rent. So I have a continuous income coming in. So now I'm at the point between owning businesses, owning real estate and owning stocks. At the end of the day, if I don't work tomorrow and I don't work any other day of the rest of my life, I still have enough money coming in where me and my kids and my wife are gonna be okay. So I'm not stuck in that survival mode anymore. That's so, so many other people are stuck in. And that's what we're trying to show people. It's possible. Because so many people that I know are stuck in survival mode, whether you live way out in the suburbs or whether you live in the inner city, 
there are so many people that are stuck in, I have to work. I, I, I can't survive without this. I can't survive without that. Let, let's change that mindset. What do you really need? What do you not need? What can you do without? How can you put your money to work for you? Now, I'm not telling everybody you need to be a business owner. No, not everybody's cut to be a business owner. Not everybody's cut to be a landlord. Not everybody's cut to do the stock market. But there are many different options out there for people to make their money work for them and to be successful. You may not need to basically supplement your whole income. How much more better would your life be if you were making $4,000 a month, if 2,000 of those dollars you didn't have to work for? How much better would your life be? How much stress would you, less stress your life would be? I think everybody would say a hell of a lot more stressful and you wouldn't be stuck in survival mode. Another thing was too, was one of my buddies that's in the National Guard with me right now, we're having a discussion. He's from Jamaica, really cool cat, really down to earth. And we're talking about being poor in the, in the States versus being poor in Jamaica. And one of the things that uh, came up in our discussion um, between us was being poor in Jamaica is a totally different aspect than being poor in America. And the reason why is because in Jamaica, you can go down the street and grab fruit and eat it and not be hungry. Here in the United States, you walk down the street, your stomach's hurting, there's no food to grab, there's no, so you're stuck in, I'm starving, I need to do X, Y, and Z to make money in order to go eat. So you're more likely to do something that you're not supposed to because your stomach's hurting and then your mind can't think right versus down in Jamaica where if you're hungry, you just go grab fruit because it's growing everywhere and you're, at, you're able to satisfy your stomach, therefore your brain can work a lot better. So based on that conversation that I had with my friend from Jamaica is, we are actually starting to plant fruit trees all up and down our street um, where the boulevard is. So anybody that's walking up and down the street when there's when the trees are mature and producing fruit, they can just grab it, no judgment, no nothing. And hopefully that will help somebody calm their stomach and therefore help their mind get a little bit more clear. Also another thing we're doing in our neighborhood is we're making a community garden. So you can come in if you're hungry you can come and grab some food that way. So you're able to settle your hunger pains and you can actually start using your brain to start thinking more clearly. So you're not making a mistake that will eventually end up ruining the rest of your life. Because unfortunately, if you do a crime and you go to prison, you now have a strike against you. And unfortunately that just makes life a lot harder it doesn't mean life is over. It just means that you have to work that much harder. So if we can prevent someone from doing that crime, getting um, and doing prison, then I think that's a win. Now, on the other hand, if you have like went to jail, there's still options out there in the outside world. It's just 
you have to work harder because of you made a poor decision. And same thing with veterans. Like, I get it all the time where, or I used to get all the time, where a lot of employers don't want to hire us because they're afraid of, you may have PTSD, you may go postal, you may do this, you may do that. That just means that we have to work a little bit harder than everybody else in order to basically change their mindset. And those are two, two things that are very, very close to me, are veterans and the returning citizen population. And the reason why I say veterans is because, like I said, I am a veteran. I just hit 20 years. My wife's a veteran. And there's a lot of issues that we go through every single day that we continuously have to move forward on. And then the returning um, citizen population, the reason why that's near and dear to my heart is because so many of my friends that I consider closer than family have been to prison. And I understand why they made the decisions that they made that end up getting them into the joint. And also... I have family members that have been to prison. Same thing with my wife. My wife has family members that have been to prison. So it's never, like me personally, I never look down on anybody that's been to the joint. I just say, hey, how can we move forward? You did this? Okay. What's the next step? How do we move forward? How do we get your life back in order? How do we make it so, therefore, you can move forward, whether it's an education, whether it's getting another job skill, whether it's starting your own business, whether it's getting into the stock market, whatever the case may be, because everybody is different and not everybody's built for doing certain things. Like, I hate being in the office. You put me in an office chair for 10 hours, I'm going to go crazy. But that's just me. Some people enjoy being in the office you know and we just got to find out what is what do you enjoy doing do you enjoy working for somebody else or do you want to be your own boss can you handle getting paid a big lump sum of money one month and then the next month you're broke and no money coming in can you handle that if you can maybe business ownership is something you should look into you know if you want more of a study type of income Maybe a nudie, start investing money into a nudie would be something that you may want to look into. Just all depending on your situation. The bottom line, though, is that we always got to push forward. And no matter what comes to you, you got to continue to push forward no matter what. There's been so many bad things that's happened in my life that I don't even know where to begin the laundry list. Like, I remember I crossed eight mile from Detroit. Now, let me say this, because you're not seeing what skin color I am. My mother's Native American and Mexican. My dad's white, and I grew up in an all-African-American neighborhood. Um, I was born in 81, <clears throat> and I had to deal with a lot of prejudice on both sides of eight mile. Um, a lot of the African-Americans that I went to school with would try to punk me out because they would consider me white. And then I would go across eight mile. I would have an old redneck point a shotgun at my face 
I was five years old and telling me, Spick, why are you over here? And I'm like, hey, I'm not a Spick. My dad's white. And they're like, well, you're a sin then because you're mixed. You shouldn't contaminate our bloodline like that. You know, I, I felt it from every single direction. But at the end of the day, what makes me successful is not getting hung up on negative thoughts of everybody else. But what can I do and how can I push forward? How can I make my life better and how can I make my family's life better and the people around me better? So, but that is just me. Wow. Wow. What a, what a story. What an inspiration, Jonathan. That's just, just, uh, that's just amazing that, that uh, there's, there's so much you've got to share. Um, is there a, a website or something that we can that we can put on this podcast? Can people reach out to you and learn more? How, how, do, how do people follow up with you? Is there a way to make connections with you? Or what do you think about that? Okay, um, I will give you my email and my cell phone number. Um, my email is J-O-N. Give it, to, we, we won't include it in this. So we're going to okay. write it down and we'll put it, uh, we'll put it okay. on the podcast. So that's great. Not a problem. Okay. Well, listen, that that's, you know, you're, you're somebody who's making it happen. And, and the things that you're focusing on really have empowered you and your wife. And, and what a great story. And, and that you can be an inspiration for so many other people. So I'm, I'm hoping people listen to the podcast and seek out more connection with you. Um, this is really, you, you, you're really doing such a great service and I'm proud and glad that, glad I met you. I, I knew this was just kind of spontaneous, but I'm glad we had the opportunity to chat a little bit this afternoon. So well, thanks thank for, you. thanks for taking the time and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be in touch more. Most definitely, sir. It's nice meeting you. Thank you nice very much you. for your time. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you.